I am Jimbo Paris, and you are listening to the Jimbo Paris Show. Hello, everyone. I'm Jimbo, and this is the Jimbo Paris Show. Today we have Mary. She's a certified Reiki master that specializes in healing people dealing with fibromyalgia. Let's see what she has to talk about. How's it going? Good. How are you? Doing well. So can you begin by providing me a bit of a brief summary about yourself, who you are, what you're about, and sort of what your message is to everyone? Yes, I grew up... uh, I suffered with fibromyalgia for over 10 years, and I wasn't even looking to cure it or help it uh, because I spent all those years going to therapy, going to doctors, trying all kinds of different medications, and I had more or less accepted it at that point, that there was just nothing else that was going to help this. Uh, So when I got into these tips and techniques that I started into, I wasn't using them for that specifically. But one day I woke up and I wasn't in pain anymore. So I want to share these tips and techniques with the world (laughs) to hopefully help some other people out there. Now, can you kind of give me a brief story about why, what was the inner monologue going on inside of you when you were trying to do all this did you ever think to yourself oh man i want to be a reiki master you know did that absolutely not (laughs) that was definitely not something that i was thinking about and i was certainly skeptical of energy work i had heard other people talk about it i owned some reiki masters and i just kind of brushed it off i was like i don't know about that that sounds kind of sketch to me But once I started into it and I was really, somebody just took me under their wing and showed me that what the possibilities were, it was just an eye-opening experience for me. And can you give us a bit of a, maybe a little bit of a definition of what Reiki actually is? Because it's pretty new to me. Reiki is a healing technique that is based on a principle that a therapist can channel energy into a client by the means of the hand's chakra. Okay, okay. Does it have to be your natural healing abilities? Oh, okay, okay. So does it have to be through the hands specifically? Yes. Okay. The reason I'm asking is because I think there's certain people, like even charmers that like to use eggs or crystals and... But it's all coming through the chakra. It comes through the hand chakra. They're holding the crystal in their hand, and it's coming through there to the crystal or whatever they're holding. It all comes through you. You are connecting to source. It comes through you, your channel. It comes through your hand. comes through whatever you're holding or whatever you're touching. Okay, so what you're saying is people always use their hands, but... They generally, someone that's using a crystal will use the crystal more as a conduit, like an assistant. Yes. Kind of like um, a baseball glove, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. That's, that's pretty interesting. That's pretty interesting. That was a pretty simple definition. Thank you yeah. for that. You know. You're welcome. Something I can understand there. So, and how re- do you 
means power and key means energy. So Reiki is powerful energy. Powerful energy. Okay. And who taught this to you? I learned this on an online course. I knew I was already a natural healer. I just needed a simple technique to continue my education on how I am a natural healer. Very interesting. And how many years have you been doing this? I just found out that I was a natural healer about two years ago. And I just recently got my Reiki Master uh, certification about six months ago. Wow. Okay. So you've been healing people for two years. Am I correct? And what are some of your best client success stories, especially when it pertains to people dealing with fibromyalgia? I haven't really uh, helped anyone specifically with chronic pain, but I've had other people talk about how they finally were able to leave their job and finally live the life that they want to live. Or they finally left their uh, significant other because they were tired of the situation they were in. I help people change their environment or life. Where else do you think, how did you actually make this into a business where you brought people in? I have been out marketing and I gave away quite a few of my sessions for free for testimonials so that I had that confidence to know that I was doing the right thing and that I could do it. So when it comes to Reiki, you're sort of one of the special people in the barrel, right? Uh, Anyone can tap into this, but you in fact have some natural talents. Yes. Well, we all have natural talents. We all have natural healing ability. It's just whether or not you want to handle it or not. And who in your eyes would be your ideal client? I would love to see us all come together. I know that's say and not very cliche of me, but <laughs> I would absolutely love to see more people start to heal themselves and not have outward blaming of other people or anything like that just go within everything that you need is within speaking of everything needs to be within how does one become aligned with themselves so how you become aligned with yourself is to uh, start with breathing techniques and the reason why you start with breathing techniques is it gets your mind off of thoughts And if you can concentrate on your breath and be grateful for your breath and uh, control your breathing by counting, it takes your mind away from all the the monkey brain or crazy thoughts that are constantly racing in one's mind. And were there any struggles, any obstacles you overcame that made you the person you are today that I'm interviewing? Absolutely. I mean, I was told for 16 years to do conscious breathing, and I would constantly roll my eyes at that. I'm like, I am breathing. I don't know what you're talking about. 
But once I started to take it seriously and really start to do the breathing morning and night, sometimes during the day, and really concentrate on when I was holding my breath so that I could force myself to breathe, it was just life-changing for me. And what other tools did you incorporate to better yourself? And then the next step was meditation. Uh, I did guided meditation at the beginning just because I didn't trust myself. Because I did have that crazy mindset, just constant thoughts coming. They were mostly negative, negative thoughts, just lack mindset, that kind of thing. And once I started the guided meditations to just change that paradigm, change that mindset, it was definitely awesome. And when you changed your mindset, did that ever impact your healing per se? What do you think constitutes how good a Reiki master is in fact? I think that anyone can be a Reiki master. I don't necessarily believe that there's any one thing that there's like a hierarchy type of thing. I just think that if you believe that you can and you are um, in a positive, I guess a positive and you're doing it for the right things and the right reasons, then you would be a good Reiki master. And when you do this for the right things, how do you use a power like this for good? That's a lot of responsibility. It is a lot of responsibility, <laughs> but it's worth it um, when you're helping people to align with themselves and to really zone down their options because there are a lot of opportunities out there. There are a lot of op options in the world. It's like a buffet. How do you know which one to choose? How do you know which way to go? But when you align with yourself, you can narrow down the options and know specifically where you need to go. And where, and what, which direction do you specifically need to go? I am going on a spiritual journey and really trying to motivate others to do the same. And how did building your business go? Because in my eyes, I see you as a spiritual entrepreneur. You sort of blended your business with your skill set. How did you turn these skills into a proper business? Because I bet there's I mean, there, I don't know too many Reiki masters, but there's not too many that could run successful businesses as well. Yeah, it was. it's one of those things where you can turn your passions and your desires into a profitable business. And how did you turn your passion into something that's profitable? By using the tips and techniques to help others to use those tips and techniques to help other people. It's a ripple effect. And how do you make this ripple effect work? By continuing to do the tips and techniques myself. Okay. Okay. And I do them really, and I, you know, I'm here to be a um, uh, reflection for other people and how they should be using their daily techniques on themselves. Okay. And when you do these daily techniques, do you have different pieces of advice you give to Reiki masters and then different pieces of advice you give to people you're just healing? 
absolutely not. I think that I get the same advice. So as a Reiki master, is it possible for you to even self-heal? Yes, absolutely. And that is definitely something that they recommend doing in the first year of the process. And continually do it day for a year. And how exactly did you show up for yourself at these times? Doing the tips and techniques every day. I mean, just aligning myself and staying grounded and knowing that what I'm doing is where I need to be. And what are some common misconceptions that people have about Reiki masters? I would assume that the most common misconception is that, you know, we, that we are here, that we are doing the healing and really the, we're channels for this energy. I'm not doing the healing. And most of the time people try to do the healing themselves, they will become exhausted. And the reason why they become exhausted by doing the healing themselves is they're using their own energy. And so before every healing session, I make sure that my energy is not being used. So I ask that my energy not be used and that I am only a channel so that I don't either attach from my client's energy or that I don't give my own energy to them. What type of clients are the most challenging yet most rewarding to heal? The most challenging are the ones that are skeptical. And it's really fun to give them their first Reiki session and have them feel the energy that I can give to them through my channel. They mainly feel like they're sleeping better. They feel calmer. They're just more chill or they sleep better. And is every single session just once? You deal with the clients once, there's more of a gradual healing process. What types of conditions take the shortest time to heal? What types of conditions take the longest time to heal? Um, probably the shortest one to heal is probably sleep. Hmm. And then the longest one to heal would probably be grief. Okay. And, and I've had yeah. multiple sessions of grief. Yeah. And what do you think is the most positive thing internally you've gained by being a Reiki master? For me, it's been pure love. That is the the most thing that I channel right now is pure love. And every time I send Riki out to someone, they say they can feel that. They can feel just supported love. How do you make people, how do you think Reiki can change the whole world? I have multiple Reiki masters that with, and we all send out energy out into the world. And we are sending out the ripple energy out into the world. And we're hoping, and we always say beforehand, whoever accepts energy can have it. And so we're constantly sending energy out into the world. 
world so that the healing can ripple throughout the entire world. What do you think is the next level of Reiki? What do you think happens as the community grows, as more people do this? I think that we can change a lot. I think we can change the world. How do you think you can change the world doing what you do uniquely? Because everything is empty. from, you know, the clothes that I'm wearing to the hair on my head to you and me speaking. Everything is energy. And the more that we play in it and the more that we learn about it, the more we change it, we can change. And who do you, what, what type of advice would you give specifically to your younger self? That everything that we went through was worth it and that we needed to go through it to get to where we are now. And when you started to do all this, when you began to build your website, what types of products and content do you sell? So I have oracle cards, readings, and that is something that I like to incorporate into my courses as well. So I have on one course called The Great Awakening. It's all about spiritual guidance and journey. And then I offer the Reiki sessions by themselves as well. And then I just started a video series, which is almost exactly like my one-on-one, but it's less, you know, interactive one-on-one. And when you do this all, do you prefer to do one-on-one or do you prefer group coaching? I prefer one-on-one just so that I can answer any questions or have that, uh, that energy exchange that I would have with someone one-on-one. And group coaching is just something you don't do because you're focused more on one thing in particular. Okay. I want to get into the Oracle cards and the tarot card reading. That seems like some very cool stuff. Do you prefer Oracle or do you prefer tarot? I prefer Oracle. Okay. Why is that? Just because they're easier to read. Uh, it comes with a little booklet and, it, you know, even though the booklet is just like a, a template, but, you know, then I can go deeper with it and I can be like, okay, well, I think it's this in particular because with Carol or with Oracle, you take what resonates, and you leave the rest behind. So even though I have the deck and Oracle cards, Every single time people want means something totally different than it did, you know, yesterday. So that's quite interesting. So you like it because it adds sort of a theme of mystery because it's unpredictable. Kind of, yeah. Now, when you do Oracle card readings, do you also provide that service to your clients? Do you incorporate some of your Reiki skills into that a bit too? Are you more of a psychic type or are you more of a medium type when it comes to readings? I'm clairvoyant. Oh, okay. Does your clairvoyance kind of fall in line with some of your Reiki skills? When you became more involved in Reiki, did you begin to develop a lot of those clairvoyance skills? What happened there? I had the clairvoyance skills before I started Reiki. So I combined my clairvoyance skills with the Reiki after I was in the process of learning Reiki. So what's the next step then? 
when you do these readings with people, what types of results do you usually get? Do you have any success stories concerning your readings? I absolutely love the ones where people just burst into tears because then I know that I've I've done something amazing. I've released something. It's just awesome to just see somebody burst into tears because I know something amazing has happened. Can you elaborate on all of those stories? I'm interested to know. Um, I was talking to this woman. Uh, she had been my client um, and I did a reading for her. And a lot of the cards were just, I, because we had had those, you know, eight sessions together, I knew a lot about her. So when I gave her this reading, I, I was like in tears for her because it was just so amazing and so touching and so beautiful. Um, and just, you know, a hang in there kind of thing. And I'm like, I know that things are going to be so great for you. Like, I was getting chills everywhere. And sometimes I get those like body sensations. And that also tells me that I'm doing the right thing. I know this is a common theme with readers. I've had a few, I've had two of them tell me this in fact, but do you, do you forget what you do after a reading? What do you mean? Do you, whenever you do a reading for someone, do you ever forget the previous reading you did with them? No. Okay. Wow. <laughs> it's really interesting. And so when it comes to your services, do you think, do you ever combine the Reiki healing with the readings at the same time? Do you have different clients for those? Or is it usually the same clients you heal that you do readings for? The one-on-one course that I have, I incorporate the cards and the Reiki into the session. I think it's very important. Why do you think it's important? Because when I pull the card, that allows me to know what the session is going to entail. So that helps me a lot and learn about the person before we even start talking. And then once we go through the session, then I can also incorporate that into the Reiki because we would have that conversation like during the lesson. And then during the Reiki, I would be able to align them with that specific topic that we were talking about. And when you talk about aligning clients, how do you think what do you think other Reiki masters can learn from you when bringing in clients? What do you think are certain things that they can use from you that you can help them with in order to build their businesses? Well, every Reiki master needs to just really go with their intuition. Very in a, an intuitive practice. So when you're going through each client, you decide how you want this to go. So if you're feeling like you need to, um, for me, I get colors uh, for certain chakras. So I'll tell my client to envision that certain color in a chakra. And again, I don't, I don't know why that certain color. It's just something that my guides are telling me to tell the client. So again, I am a channel. And sometimes I hear messages, sometimes I hear colors, sometimes I see things, but it's different every single time. When you clarify, I found this pretty interesting, but you talk about not draining your energy when working your clients and being sort of a channel. 
Do you think in most worldly conversations or most worldly social situations, people are always draining their energy? I've heard yeah. of energy vampires before. Absolutely. Hmm. Yeah. And that was definitely something that I had to learn. And yeah. that was definitely something that I had to do to start protecting my energy. As an extra sensitive empath, I had to do that. I had to block people out. I had to let go of friends. I had to change my environment. All because my energy was being drained to the point that I ended up with fibromyalgia. Because I literally had the weight of the world on my shoulders. Yeah, the weight of the world on your shoulders. And I just wanted to say you you brought it up right then, fibromyalgia. So can you kind of get into a bit of what is fibromyalgia and kind of how do you heal it through self-love? I'm very interested to know. So fibromyalgia is... Uh, there's certain points all over the body. I, I think it's like 20 plus pain points. And if you have like 15 of them, you're automatically fibromyalgia. And I actually grew multiple times of physical therapy. I had an MRI done. The MRI showed nothing um, except like a disc at the bottom of my spine that was like compressed. But other than that, it didn't show anything. So this is really just a kind of a mystery to most doctors and they kind of just push you around in the system until they just decide that they're going to diagnose you with that. So I was with a massage therapist and he had a a book that talked about um, the psychological aspects of fibromyalgia. And he's like, I just, I want you to know that this is like a psychological thing. And I was like, okay. And then I met my first mentor and she calls herself better than a cat fan. And she went through my body energetically with her mind. And she was like, there's nothing wrong with you. She was like, this is psychological. I was like, oh, that's funny. Two days ago, someone told me that. (laughs) So once I started to change my mindset, and uh, she said 98% of people don't love themselves. And she said, and I can tell that you don't love yourself. I can tell that you're super negative. You don't care about anything. Uh, and you care about other people more than you care about your And I was like, oh. <laughs> so once I started to change that up, I started to really sit with myself. Like I said, I started with guided meditations. I started to sit with myself. And that was hard. It was really hard to be with myself because I hadn't been with myself for so long. It was difficult. No wonder I was so It's honestly true. Your monkey brain must have been crazy when you first started meditating. I can definitely sympathize with that. Now, what happened when you finally dealt with the fibromyalgia? Is it sort of, how was that process of dealing? What were the stages you went through until you finally overcame it? I would like to say that I went through all the stages of grief because it was very difficult to to go through that process, to let go of that person because I had been in that person for so long that it was really difficult to let them go. And so it was kind of like a, a death process almost. I had to die to live again. 
So it was rebirth. Yes. Very good. And after you dealt with this, you think, obviously you changed, but did you think you were better than you were before? You didn't even have the fibromyalgia. I was definitely better. And when you first started to fix a lot of these problems, have you also dealt with other patients that have had fibromyalgia or were you the main person you treated with that? I was the main. Okay. Now with readings specifically, what types of tarot decks do you use? And Oracle decks as well. I have an Oracle deck. It's called Angels and Ancestors from Kyle Gray. And I'll show the box here. Yeah, it was, yeah, great. And why do you like that design so much? So I was told to use my intuition, really sit with myself and decide how to pick the card. And so I went through Amazon and I was just asking my higher self what I wanted or needed. And as you know, with Oracle cards or any cards, you're putting them in your hands. And so, again, you're doing that channeling where you're putting your energy into those cards. And so every time you shuffle them, more and more of your cards and you're connecting with them. And so for me, I was having had a sock Indian that has been my spirit guide for a while. And I recently reconnected with him. And so... I was very drawn to the Indian on the front of the Oracle deck card. Why do you think you were drawn to more of that Native American culture? Because I was into that Native American. When you do all of these readings, which ones do you think you prefer to do more of? Do you prefer to do more readings or do you prefer to do more healings? Which one do you think can actually better the lives of a specific person? I believe they are both healing. So I prefer to do all of them together because I think that they make it most powerful healing together. But I believe that they're both equally healing. And with all this healing in mind, what do you think of other people that practice these arts? Do you think there's certain Reiki masters that may do things a bit differently from you? How do you stand out from other Reiki masters? Absolutely. You absolutely have to understand that with Reiki, it is an intuitive practice and you have a spirit guide or channeling from source. And it really just depends on how clear your channel is and as to whether or not whatever they're channeling to you, you get certain downloads, whereas someone else might get a download for someone else. So for me, it's love. I'm channeling from Gaia. And so I have that whole motherly instinct, the motherly love. And that's why so many people can get supported from me. I was doing one with a lady who has never been able to meditate because she never felt secure herself. And when I was able to do the Reiki with her, she finally felt supported enough to relax and finally meditate for the first time ever in her life. So I feel like there isn't necessarily one person better than the other. It's just whether whatever their message is to you. So if I were somebody looking into finding a practitioner, I would honestly try multiple practitioners 
because we might have different messages that you might need. So with all this in mind, you're the real deal. But how do I personally know for a fact that other people are real Reiki masters as well? Is there any screening process I need to go through mentally? And are there frauds out there? Absolutely. There's always going to be frauds out there. <laughs> um, really just sitting with yourself and knowing yourself. And if somebody doesn't feel right to you, you're going to know about it. You're going to have that, you know, not so good feeling in your stomach or you're you know, look sideways at somebody because they said something weird that just doesn't sit right with you. If you know yourself, you'll know, you know, who you're looking for. And are there certain Reiki masters that know what they're doing, but the approach they go about may be a little bit different in a way that you wouldn't agree with? Um, I was following your girl, a good friend of mine. I've been following her healing techniques and she mentioned that she went through a session certification and a man uh, sexually assaulted her energetically. Now, I would not recommend that at all. <laughs> and I don't think that that's right at all. So I feel like there could be a way to use this power that is not in the right way. But um, so I feel really bad that that happened to her. And I hope that that doesn't happen to anyone else. And you know, well, it's karma, you know. Yes. Because, you know, there's a reason why you shouldn't, again, you do something similar to white magic, right? This is good thing. So when you practice giving positivity to others, you get positivity back, right? What you put out into the world is what comes back to you. Mm -hmm. So we already know it's coming back to that person, in fact. So yes. that's another thing. Yeah. The law of cause and effect. Right, right. And what do you think is the future of your business? What do you think are the next steps? Is it a book? Is it your own set of cards? I'm interested Absolutely. to know. Both. Oh. Absolutely. Yes. I've already written the books. I'm just waiting to publish. You've already written a book. Cards. I'm super excited to start that okay. process. What type of book are you planning on making? Uh, the name of the book called Holding Space. Okay. And, and it's all about energetic um, protection and grounding and being able to hold space for somebody that you don't necessarily want to be around, that you can love people from afar. All right. All right. Yeah, you're breaking up a little bit slightly. Is that your we wife? Are, okay, a storm. Okay, no problem. No problem. We decided that. So... What What is about this book? What motivated you to write this book, the title? It was uh, a meditation that I had. Uh, I was having vivid visions. And then after I came out of the meditation very loudly, uh, I heard my Claire Audio jump in and it said, write this book. So then I had to do some more like meditation to figure out what that meant. <laughs> Because sometimes the messages aren't exactly clear. Yes, write a book that was clear. <laughs> but what does that mean? And then so I had to go back and be like, okay, well, was that was that the visions that I was having during this meditation? Is that what you're talking about? And then the name of the book was 
uh, it just came to me after I finished writing. When you started writing this book, what do you think the book is designed for, specifically, the type of person? It's designed for extra-sensitive empaths who try to be codependent or think that they they have to people please all the time, that it's not necessary. We are not here to heal everyone. Okay, so it's about the previous thing and how you had to align yourself at first. Okay. Yes. So th- that's what you're doing. You're showing people how to align themselves. Yes. Great, great. And how is the teaching, what, what type of things do Reiki masters learn under? Do they practice more of the Eastern arts? Do you think you get influence from a lot of those Eastern arts? Yes. Okay. And have you ever dealt with other spiritual people besides Reiki masters as well? Uh, absolutely. There's a lot of healers out there that don't necessarily need a label. And by not leaving label, are they actually Reiki masters or do they practice different things? They practice different things. Oh, okay. Great. They're doing no therapy. They're doing guided meditations. They're just meditation teachers. They're the mentor that I had was specifically just a mindset energetic intuitive. She called herself a medical intuitive. Now I notice a lot of this is about the intuitive. How do you think? Okay, you mentioned conscious breathing, but how else do you think people can tap into that more intuitive side? When you can finally trust yourself enough to know that your thoughts are finally coming in, not under ego, you can start hearing the actual messages that you're hearing from source. And then that can be a great mentor as well. Okay, and I get it now. So trusting yourself, thats that comes with self-love. That's why they were telling you to practice self-love. Yes. Okay. See, yeah, yeah. See, this is all falling together now. This is good. So when you do all this, are there any people that actually come up to you and be like, teach me? Do you think, how is the Reiki community in us? I think the Reiki community is amazing, how they can all and they want to teach even inside the Reiki community. And when we come together, our energy together, it becomes even more powerful. And so I love working with energy workers. Just being able to connect our energy together is amazing. What are the different types of Reiki masters? Are there specialists or subcategories of Reiki masters as well? I have heard of a few. The main ones are Yusui. Yusui Master, he was a doctor in India, and he was the one that started Reiki. And then there were other practitioners that took off and started their own practice and started their own teachings. But for the most part, that is what most people learn. And you have all these different people in the community How would you, is there sort of some type of ranking system involved? Uh, There's Reiki 1. So Reiki 1 is where you're just more love healing. And then Reiki 2 is you're going to help other people. And then Reiki Master is you would like to teach other people how 
be attuned to Reiki one and two. And do you think the challenges you faced to become a Reiki master were similar to the challenges they face? How many people out of most of the community become Reiki masters? Because it must be kind of like a pyramid in a sense. There's not too many masters, but then there's a lot of Reiki ones. Absolutely. A lot of people want to heal themselves. That's really the only way. That's really the only thing they want to do. Because really, that's all you need is to heal yourself and then it'll ripple out to everyone around you. So that's really all you need is just the Reiki one. And then you can just, you can continue to heal people that way by healing yourself. But for me, I wanted to help other people. So I went to the two and I really wanted to teach other people as well. So I definitely wanted the Reiki master as well. And what pushed, so what pushed this urge in you to teach people? Well, I grew up with a bunch of teachers. Uh, I never wanted to necessarily be that kind of teacher. I didn't want to go to the typical school necessarily. That never really worked with me. But this whole energy and spirituality and all of that 100% resonates with me. And it's so much, uh, yeah, just it resonates so much more than the typical school. And the reason I ask that is because, I'll be honest with you, you look like somebody that would want to be a teacher or works in education. Have you ever gotten that before? Yes. (laughs) Yes, I have been told I look like a teacher. Yeah, this was a very good talk. And are there, what are some different things you think Reiki can be used for in the future? So you talked about group healing sessions. How do you think those work? So if you have two Reiki masters working on one person, do you think if the community grows more enough, you could do dual healing? Absolutely. I went to a uh, a group session and there were four people a person. And so when you're doing that, you can heal different parts. Like one person can heal the crown chakra while someone else works on the heart chakra while someone else works on the solar plexus. And it helps to even use less energy or specifically that person can work on the solar plexus. Maybe they're even more versed in the solar plexus than they are in the crown chakra. So we could even dive deeper so that somebody could, it's kind of like going into medical school and how you have to pick a certain uh, niche that you need to be in, like, you know, family doctor or you want to be an ob Like you could dive deeper into crown chakra or solar plexus. And the different chakra points, you could find imbalances in these areas as well, very yes. easily. Okay. Yeah. For me, they show up as like black blobs. And that's your how you do it, because people yes. connect differently spiritually. You see it through intuition, but more in colors. Yes. And is it sort of like a like a hazy color? So sometimes. Okay. Okay. Or it could be like a smoke looking. And just to tell people around here okay i have been putting some actual work into myself that's why i asked her with confidence i knew that for a fact thank you again you're so welcome and is there anything else you'd like to talk about because i think we've talked about a lot of things but we have one more minute here is there any other points you'd like to hit well two more except 
don't forget to breathe <laughs> and love yourself in the process and give yourself grace to learn and to learn the journey because it is a journey and you need to give yourself grace while you go through the process because it it can be rocky but you got this yeah 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 learning the journey is very important i think you know i think you know i definitely agree with what you have to say i'll put in a few points here i think self-love has made the biggest difference in my life may have been the reason why, you know, my whole body is just free. You know, I have no blocks because I just focus so much on just loving what I already have. Yes. And that's the key. Just be happy. Just yes. be positive about what you see in the world. And just curious, but how do you practice self-love yourself personally? Just having gratitude for being alive. Gratitude. That's a very big one. That's yes. a very big one. Because it compounds, it builds up on itself. Why do you think, why do you personally think gratitude's important? Because it helps you realize that you are so much more than you give yourself credit for. You are, you are love and you can spread that throughout time and space to anyone. You don't have to be a Reiki master. It's already within you. Thank you, Mrs. Marsden. You're welcome. Great time. All right, guys, this is Jimbo here. I'm going out. This is the Jimbo Paris Show. Thanks again, everyone. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Jimbo Paris Show. 